It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films, one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Dead Men Tell No Tales bonus episode number two. There's been plenty of pirate action since our last bonus episode in which we covered the first trailer and that micro-teaser Facebook video thing that was like eight seconds long. And we figured it was finally time to get our act together and cover the trailers that have been released over the last couple of months. It's not a minute-by-minute breakdown, but we're really getting our impressions of the upcoming Dead Men Tell No Tales film and all that good stuff before it debuts in theaters on May 26th basically boils down to the fact that we needed an outlet to express our excitement for the fifth installment of this Buccaneer film series, and you guys are not going to be forced to listen to it. (laughs) If you're someone who likes to avoid trailers so as not to spoil anything in the movie, then probably best to avoid this bonus episode, or at least listen to it and then kind of hum or something like that. That way we always (laughs) like the listeners, but you can put something else on real loud or put, yeah, exactly. Put some, your fingers in your ears or something. Now we're not going to do any big spoilers from things beyond the trailers. No insider information here, except maybe a few tidbits from the inside look trailer that has some behind the scenes information. And I don't even think we're really going to get too much into that either, but I know some of you out there like to avoid watching trailers and then to go to the movie completely fresh. So be forewarned, we will have some information here. Before we get started, get on over to the Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group. We just set it up. Just click the join button, and since I'm a relatively easygoing guy, I'll approve your request most likely. Unless your name is Heather, then you got a different story coming. But anybody else, yeah, you're welcome to join, and let's get going on that. Wait, relative easygoing? Yeah, I'm a relatively easygoing guy. Are you sure? I'm pretty positive. Hmm. I play one in real life. You just don't see it. You see the real me. Everyone else sees the easygoing guy. Oh, okay. So that's really what it is. And in the listeners group, we can chat about the show, the movies, and even Dead Men Tell No Tales. So that should be fun. So just do it. I don't want to have to gibbet Heather over this. <laughs> You know, you're, think of it as you're saving Heather. Pirates ye be warned kind of thing. Just think about that. You know, we don't want to see Heather as a gibbeted skeleton kind of deal going on with a sign hanging over. Yeah, I should have joined the Facebook group just so you didn't do that to her. <laughs> do it for her. Do it for womankind. There. There you go. I know that's probably, oh, now I've hijacked that. I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Do it for pirate kind. There. Pirate that's better. Kind. Well, I say we just jump into it. So, Splash! yeah, well, thank fully, fully again. Here, she's our resident fully artist for any of you new <laughs> listeners out there. You're coming here going, Oh, they're going to talk about Dead Men Tell No Tales, and the first thing you hear is splash, as in good special <laughs> effects. There, the audio effects here are just incredible that she has. <laughs> so, we're including the micro eight second teaser posted to Facebook a few months back. And if you do that, then there are really kind of seven official trailers to date, six. Actual trailers. The seventh one, like I said, is just a real micro trailer, right? And then there's been a smattering of other smaller clips and things that they've posted to say Facebook and things, or maybe pulled out certain elements. But from what I think, as of when our recording, that there's really been kind of these six official, more teaser trailers or trailers that are say 30 seconds plus in the over the minute mark, those kinds of things, as opposed to just, say, our micro eight-second one. But So I was just kind of like calling that a trailer as well because it was somewhat different. It wasn't a clip that was pulled out. So we'll just go from there. So somewhere around that neighborhood, six official trailers, a micro episode, and then some other clips that they posted to Facebook. That also includes a special look, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, which was a minute and 51 seconds, and that was a behind-the-scenes peek at the movie, had some actors' interviews. And in general, just kind of a promotion piece, but showing really the depth and the craziness that's happening behind the scenes with the thousands of extras that were going on 
and everybody running around the explosions and some really cool locations and sets. Maybe I think you have a Jerry Bruckheimer interview. These are all kind of real small things that we'll probably see eventually in like the Blu-ray release when they have the making of or behind the scenes footage and, and people talking about it. When I hear the trumpet sound, I'm on a rise right out of the ground. Ain't no grave can hold my body down. The dead have taken command of the sea. They're searching for a sparrow. Well, I know the incredible visuals that we're all seeing here will probably steal the show, but the first thing that hit me with the trailers when I look at them as like a whole is really the music. Yeah. That's what hit me. And I know you have some comments on that too, but before you jump in, let me just break some notable pieces of music down from the trailers for everyone first. Since they can't see the trailers while we're doing this, and we're not going to wait for them to do that, I'll just kind of give a quick just overview of what we're hearing in some of these, and then we can talk about some of that. The first trailer from October 2016 starts with some organ pirate music and a stepped-up creepy and echo-laden Pirate's Life for Me song. This is kind of similar in tone to Curse of the Black Pearl from the young Elizabeth Swan singing that. And we covered that in our first minute when we talked about that stuff. Trailer 2 from early February, and that was the Super Bowl spot. We have a Johnny Cash Ain't No Grave song that is accompanying the trailer. Then March's trailer number three begins with a version of What Will We Do With a Drunken Sailor, but the lyrics have been changed out to What Would We Do With a Cursed Pirate. And that transitions into a version of the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song, which I think it's called, if I'm memory serves me correctly, I'm a pirate, but I can't remember offhand. The Cursed Pirate song, for me, is really on par with the creepy Pirate's Life for Me thing. And again, we have this idea that young children are singing a creepy tunes. I'm not sure what's with children singing creepy tunes these days but it's definitely a thing and it's definitely weirding me out i'm gonna start thinking of children from the corn when i see kids out there if they start singing some creepy song i'm gonna be running for the hills and then we have trailer four and that was also from late march and that has a hit and run version of the pirates of the caribbean theme song and what i mean by that it has some kind of initial blast of the melody and then it kind of ends up working its way out but those are really the three kind of notable pieces of music that I saw in the trailers myself, because then there were some of those same things that were maybe underwriting or underlying some of those other ones, especially like that first look or that special look trailer. So what's your favorite trailer and or music there, Heather? I'd have to say the one with Johnny Cash song. Yeah, that Ain't No Grave. Yeah. Again, that's why I think we came up with the idea here to start with the music, because Uh that is what cap, well, captivated me, essentially. Right. So I'm with you. I'm also a big fan of Johnny Cash and that Ain't No Grave added to that. And I'm a big fan of Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. I think that just really just rocks the swashbuckler idea. Mm -hmm. It has all those elements that you just make you think that, well, this is a high seas adventure. We're going to have some fun. Well, I should say too that I really like the creepy organ music, the way that they're playing that in that version of the first trailer that's combined with that theme song. But I can't help but say Ain't No Grave by Johnny Cash just made number trailer two for me a home run. Yeah. It's that that song just goes so well with what's going on in the trailer. Yeah, they timed it really well. And I I mean, that's the science of trailers is that you time it and have the beat of the visuals that you're seeing to the beat of the music. But for me, it really is all about the music. And I'm a a real Johnny Cash fan. No, I'm not going to sing all about the bones. And if you just tuning in for this, you have to go back to a Friday episode. I think it was, what, 61? Yeah, I think so. And you may hear me sing a song, unfortunately, that is now preserved for all eternity for people to hear, and it's not good. But I am a Johnny Cash fan, and it all starts with a pirate ship breaching the ocean's surface, and I believe that's what's happening here. I think that ship is actually coming up from the depths, breaches the surface, and it's all set to Ain't No Grave, and I just, I don't know. I I don't know if I can even really explain it much more than that. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Well, you get you see that, and you know you're in for one hell of a swashbuckler ride coming. Yeah. And it's such a different tone, and it's so strange because it really is such a different tone than what is set for the ride. The happy-go-lucky music, yeah. and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, we have a different type of music here, this creepy feeling, and it's supernatural, and then you got a ship breaching the water, and I just love it. Actually, it reminds me of the incredible scene from Hunt for Red October when that submarine jumps to the surface. You don't probably remember that. But that I thought was spectacular at the time when I first saw that many, many years ago. Yeah. And I saw this paired with the music. 
And I thought, ooh, I'm excited about this. Now you have a spooky pirate ship jumping out of the water. Yeah, so it's Hunt for Red October, and now we have a supernatural spin, and we get Pirates of the Caribbean. Does that make any sense? Or is it just really that one scene? Probably just that one scene. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see Sean Connery <laughs> pop up You know, as a Russian submarine captain. <laughs> it's worth noting that for the first time in the series since Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl, Hans Zimmer did not compose the music for the film. Oh, really? Yeah, so actually the music in Curse of the Black Pearl was Klaus Bedelt. Uh-huh. And he is credited with the music on that first film, but with Hans Zimmer was serving as music editor, music programmer, and score producer, and then even the soundtrack producer on that particular first film. Hans Zimmer did get credit for Dead Men's Chest, At World's End, and On Stranger Tides. And instead, like we saw with The Curse of the Black Pearl and Klaus Bedelt, one of his protégés, Jeff Zanelli, who had worked on all previous four installments in the franchise, will be writing the film score for this one. Or oh, who wow. has already done that. Huh. Yeah, so it's still in the Zimmer family, if you will. And it's kind of like what we just saw, like I said, with Curse of the Black yeah. Pearl, where we have one of his protégés or somebody that's coming on board to his, really his his shop, if you want to call it yeah. that. And if we kind of move away from the music here, which I don't know if it's even possible to move away from Ain't No Grave by Johnny Cash, <laughs> but we do have... You know, the de-aging effects, CGI de-aging effects taking place here. Well, it appears de-aging effects are all the rage these days in movies and visual effects. And Heather's looking at me like she doesn't even know what I'm talking about. I do not. You don't know de-aging? I know we all want some de-aging effects. but we want somebody to make you younger? Yeah, we saw okay. it in Captain America Civil War with Iron Man. When, yeah. you know, we saw a young Tony Stark who yes. was dealing with his parents and stuff like that. Yeah. Then you have Rogue One brought into play with Princess Leia. You saw a young Princess Leia in Rogue One, right? Mm -hmm. Were you awake for Rogue One? I was. Okay, there you go. Now we're getting a young Jack Sparrow, just to name a few of those movies where they've done this de-aging thing. And we also saw, I think, an Ant-Man with Michael Douglas. Can I be de-aged? You can. We'll have to put yes. you in a movie and then we'll get the CGI oh, guys on that. I just want to I think be that's a whole different process. Oh. I think that actually requires voodoo magic. <laughs> That And for you, that's severe voodoo magic that I got to do. <laughs> really? <laughs> I need to go see Marie Laveau. Yeah, that you do. <laughs> Nobody's going to know that reference. <laughs> Does anybody know that reference out there? I mean, you're going way back. That's, that's who, Marie Laveau. Who was that? Uh, can't think of That's an old, old country tune. Oh. Or is that Jimmy Dean? That's, is that the follow-up so. to Big yeah. Bad John, yeah. actually? Yeah, I think that yeah. might be the follow-up to Big Bad John by Jimmy Dean. Yeah. So maybe there you go. I'd have to look queen. it up. The Cajun Queen Marie. Yeah, we don't want to get into singing that. As you said, you know, Johnny Cash, some old country. Yeah, okay, we admit it. We listen to some old country. <laughs> Johnny Cash, specifically. Jimmy Dean, you know, the sausage guy. Yeah, okay, we got to listen to some Jimmy Dean. <laughs> For everybody out there who's going, oh my God, I can't listen to these two now. Just hang with us, please. We won't bring any more. Yeah, we old won't bring any old country. Up. Cool, clear <laughs> water. Okay, anyways. is that We're, even country? Uh, yeah, I think so. Who's, I don't, I don't know. know who's saying that. Now. I don't know. We're entering a whole new world. <laughs> Speaking of old country songs that just killed like ninety percent of the audience, <laughs> we listen to all kinds of things. Now I have yeah. to get that off from everything. Yeah, we got a range of everything. Music is music to us. We're not specific to one genre. No. I had to get that off my chest because I didn't want people that's, thinking we were just... Good. Well, I'm actually 90 years old. <laughs> Heather's 110. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, okay. Well, that's right. You just... It's just the look, though. I, it throws me off sometimes. Arr! We're entering a whole new world. Really? <laughs> we're entering a whole new world. I'm trying to move along. Of special effects in terms of technological leaps. And it'll be interesting to see how well it continues to hold up. And maybe avert some of that backlash for movie-going audiences as more visual effects companies pop up and maybe drive down costs. So we may see more de-aging happening with actors. I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with that. What it does do for me is it brings us a story that was months maybe limited to an expanded universe story. I mean, we talk about not a lot, but we do bring in some elements when we're doing our regular minute breakdown about things that are happening in the expanded universe for some of the characters or some of the backstories that mm -hmm. have been filled out. Right. In a lot of the characters that we see in, say, Curse of the Black Pearl, which we're currently working on. Because then it's really interesting to see where the characters came from or how that's been developed since the movie. 
because then they've released a lot of young adult novels or video games that are canon and things like that that play into it. And then actually maybe we see some of the characters that we don't see very much of more so in some of these expanded universe stuff. So it's a great tie into their character development and how they're acting in the movie or why they're doing some of that stuff. Right. But as I was going with this and this de-aging effect stuff that they're now doing, we may see things that we thought were impossible at the time or earlier in time, a few years back, or even when some of these other movies were made. And maybe as an audience, we used to like overlook the fact that another actor is playing a young Jack Sparrow, for instance. You know, if this yeah. was 10 years ago, there'd be another actor oh, playing yeah. that. Or they would try to use heavy makeup or do something, you know, throw a wig on it. That's the common thing. You know, let's put a long wig like he had long hair back in the day or something. Which he, he does have long, long hair. hair. So what do you do then? You, you shorten <laughs> it up? So how do you do that? So that's why they had to go de-aging, I guess. But, you know, as an audience, we would overlook those kinds of things. Like, he doesn't look anything like that. But you just had to do it. Yeah. And nowadays, it just might give us more opportunity or more movies are going to then connect stories to past things that they can do. Maybe we'll, they'll fill us in on some of these character development things. Or we won't, as an audience, have to overlook certain things or overlook the fact that, wait, this is make-believe? It's a movie and it's make-believe? That's blasphemy. <laughs> How could we overlook that? Well, it just goes back to the Curse of Black Pearl where they have a young Elizabeth and young Will. Yeah. They're different people, you know, they're not de-aging them, but they couldn't de-age back then. They could just then, take their they? heads, their adult heads, and put them on small bodies. It would be there like Alice go. in Wonderland, <laughs> <laughs> the Queen of Hearts. <laughs> well, yeah, so we are going to see that stuff, and I don't know how far they can go. I mean, I think if they're a kid, it's going to be different because... You know, some features do change and they might get away with that. But I don't know. Maybe we'll see what happens, how far they're going to take <laughs> that stuff. But it'll be pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Will audiences get tired of it or will they start calling out that it's that just doesn't look right? Or, or maybe at some point in a few years, it'll really look spectacular and we'll all look back on some of the minutes for these movies and go, man, that de-aging effect is so primitive to what we have now and, <laughs> and it won't hold up. And we'll be asking ourselves, does this special effect hold up then? Right. But specifically for the trailer in Dead Men Tell No Tales, you know, we are seeing actually quite a bit of stuff in these trailers. And yep. what I mean by that, we have, like I said, a Jack Sparrow and a young Jack Sparrow. And so we know we're going to get elements of the story, at least maybe a smidgen of it mm -hmm. that, that pops in of really its backstory of why... Captain Salazar is doing the things that he's doing. And so there's some remembering stuff going on. And how much of that plays into the movie, I don't know. Because it's always hard to judge from trailers. But we may get some of those kind of dream sequences or remembering the past or those kinds of things. Right. And we also see Will Turner as the crusty captain of the Flying Dutchman now. Yeah, with his barnacles. Yeah. So what I thought that, and I have to rewatch like At World's End to see what happened there. But I thought the whole part of the crusty barnacle thing was that they're basically getting their kind of souls eaten away in, in the deals with Davy Jones and all that. Remember? Because yes. it kind of went away. Because, because it was like a curse. Was, yeah, exactly. It Davy was a curse. Jones had a curse. And after Davy Jones was gone and it was all fixed, I thought the his dad curse came back. was no longer yeah, there. Because those people then, they, they lost that because they were all kind of sea creature-like. Right. So they lost that. But now we see Will Turner with some barnacles growing on him. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because he's underwater all the time Maybe, and he just yeah. has barnacles growing on him. But it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But I could have swore that that was that just whole part wasn't part of being Davy Jones or being captain of the Flying Dutchman. It was a result of the curse. Yeah. That was that that was afflicting those particular crew of that Flying Dutchman. Yeah. So that I don't know. Because his father was crusty and going away. They, basically, they were losing, as I recall, this isn't a At World's End conversation here or Dead Man's Chest yet, but they were losing themselves. The longer that they were kind of these barnacle people or sea creatures. They were becoming the ship. Yeah, they were becoming part of the ship. And yeah. that didn't happen once that curse was alleviated. Right. So I don't know why he has barnacles on him. And, and that's not the curse of the Black Pearl. It's a different curse. That's a different curse. Yeah. That's right. I was clarifying. You're, oh, I thought you were telling me. <laughs> like, what? No, it's clarifying. In case oh, okay. people have not seen it. Yes, that's right. It's possible. And, and we haven't gotten there yet. And and we haven't seen this movie. And we do have some spoilers. But we're trying not to go into too many spoilers on things. And we're just going to leave it open from what we see, like I said, in the trailer itself. 
But we do get our crusty Will Turner. Well, maybe he's hated pirates so long and he's just held it inside. He's becoming a crusty old man under there. Maybe. That, that's my theory. Maybe. Of course, we get Captain Barbosa's return. Yes. And I know at one point in one of the trailers, he is actually kind of standing face to face. Well, a couple of the trailers. He's standing face to face with Salazar. Yes. And, and he does not look like he fears Salazar at all. No, and he doesn't look like Barbosa. It took me a minute to actually... Well, recognize him. He doesn't have a scar under his eye for one thing. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, his scar isn't there. Maybe he forgot the scar, huh? Yeah, or he got some surgery done. <laughs> what can we Maybe do for you today, Captain Barbosa? I'm here for some plastic surgery. <laughs> I'm looking a little old. <laughs> this scallywag needs to be a young, top preteen scallywag. <laughs> a buccaneer, if you will. So yeah, it took me a minute to actually recognize him. Well, I think, I don't know. He looks maybe a little bit younger. I don't know if it's because yeah. of the outfit that he's wearing. So what do you think of his new clothes in this? I, I mean, we yeah. talked in a previous episode yeah. answering a listener's question about this. It, kind of his costume change, or at least when he went into the Royal Navy because he became, say, a privateer yeah. for a while. And then at the end of On Stranger Tides, he ends up getting the Queen Anne's Revenge. He tears up the privateer paperwork. He puts on his hat that the cabin boy finds beneath his original barbosa hat mm -hmm. and all is good and he ditches his other clothes but why change him back i love those that pirate outfit yeah. this gets more into the territory it's not quite to the same tune or scale as his privateer outfit of the royal navy and his royal navy digs but i don't know it, it seems a little too pompous yeah i'd almost say tapestry like <laughs> it's like he went to it's a the brocade <laughs> yeah he went to a, a european castle he needed some clothes he channeled scarlet o'hara he made some clothes out of tapestry <laughs> and then he wandered down the stairs what is going on with that why change know. his outfit up i don't know. give him the pirate look yeah i don't I like know the, i like the pirate look better i mean maybe there's a story behind it and we'll see him change back yeah. they did do that before yeah and they changed him back so hopefully that happens, but or maybe I'll get used to it. But I don't know. I think it maybe it makes him look a little younger though in those clothes. He's yeah, more dapper or something. Yeah, something. I'm about dapper him Barbosa. Looks younger, you know. I don't know. Some dapper Barbosa is there his you name. Go. Dapper Barbosa. And then we have Jack the monkey makes appearance. Gives uh, is that Jack's Jack or is it somebody else? Jack the monkey. The monkey pops up. Jack Sparrow. Yes. He's like, oh so monkey. Is it the same monkey? Well, we're not breaking it down. We're just saying we're just oh, talking about okay. the trailers. We're not doing a minute by minute breakdown here. No, Jeez. I was just wondering if it was still Jack or if it's some other kind of monkey, other monkey. No, I think we're this just has assuming be the same it's monkey. still Jack. Okay. I mean, I didn't look it up, but I'm assuming without looking at it that this isn't another monkey. It's got to be Jack the monkey. Okay. It might be played by a different monkey, but well, I understand that. I was just wondering if it was Jack. Well, why would they introduce a new monkey? I don't know. It's not like we can really distinguish them. Well, that's true. I know, especially for you, all monkeys look alike. And I just didn't get a real clip of this. Not all monkeys look alike. <laughs> According to you. Arr! And I'm saying, yeah, maybe he does. Because a quick look, he does look like the other monkey. So I'm saying this is the same monkey. Okay. They're not trying to say, hey, oh, no, no. So then they have to introduce us to Billy the monkey all of a sudden? Maybe. I think it's Jack. It's got to be Jack the monkey. Okay. What we also see is we get answers to the questions we had in the first trailer when we did our first bonus episode. Why does Salazar have a hatred for Jack? And why were those ships going into that cave in the archipelago? Well, it turns out he wasn't really going in there. He was following a young Jack Sparrow. Jack then throws a line around some rocks and is able to swivel the ship around, which Salazar is not able to do. Salazar's ship goes into the cave, crashes on rocks. I'm assuming the fire and stuff is because maybe powder kegs or something and the yeah. ship explode. The ship goes down, and that's why we see ghost ship and ghost crew of the Captain Salazar stuff going on here. So that's what I'm thinking. So now we already know that Salazar was out there pirate hunting. He was trying to rid the world of pirates. Right. He didn't like Jack. Jack was a little smug. You can see it in the, the clips of the trailer that there's young Jack Sparrow is thinking he's all that. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't care. He's swinging that compass around. I think that's what it was, maybe. I think we see a return of the compass. Yes, Was he holding we did. that compass? Yep. And yeah, 
He's as smug as hell on that. I he's even more smug as a brash young pirate than he is older. Oh yeah. And that's he just pisses Salazar off. Salazar goes after him. Like I said, he ends up ruining his ship and kills all his men and himself, and whatever happens turns into the ghostly thing. Jack sails away. And then he doesn't even really remember. We get in the clip too. It's yeah, I once knew a Spanish captain with a Spanish name. I think he says <laughs> yeah. something to that effect. And it's like, okay, so this wasn't even really a blip on his radar anymore. No. So what's that tell you about all the crazy things he did as a young lad? <laughs> Doesn't even remember. Yeah, you're like, ah, oh, I know there was this Spanish captain chasing me, and I swung this rope around the rock. Our ship just completely did a 180, and he goes in there and crashes and blows up. And if that's not on the top of your memory list, yeah, you've got a lot of stuff going on right? there that's pretty cool. So Salazar has always been obsessed with killing pirates. He had devoted his life to eliminating all pirates from the Caribbean. His hatred for pirates was so great that he didn't even consider them men, but something that didn't even deserve to live. Yeah, that's actually something that plays on if we can hold that thought, which is awesome, because it plays into something that I came up with a running theme through all of these. Oh, really? Yeah. We'll hold that thought. We'll hold it. Just hold it. And then we also get, speaking of kind of this first stuff here with Salazar, more supernatural which is kind of the defining stuff of Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. You know, we have ghost pirates here, a ghost ship that mimics the arm of an octopus or squid, something that kind of rears up or an animal that rears up on its haunches to strike down on other ships, and ghostly animals. So we didn't quite see a lot of that before. Did you see the shark? Yeah, sharks. There was birds. Yeah. All kinds of crazy stuff going on. I'm wondering how the ghostly animals came into this. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's curious. There's it's something interesting. So there's a lady, and like I said, we're not going to try and get into too many spoilers, but you can hear her say the dead have taken command of the sea. Right. So something, all hell is breaking loose out there. All these dead animals, all these ghost things are coming up, and it's part of the crew. And it's the same kind of effect that we're seeing with the crew or in a lot of these animals that are showing up from seabirds to sharks and fish and that kind of stuff. Right. Now we can get back to what you were saying. With Salazar and his hatred for pirates, because the running theme for all of these and for the movie is going to be all pirates must die. And they do hit us with that in one of the trailers. And I think that last one that they've released, which actually says in text, all pirates must die. So that is the running theme. And it's in the music because we have what do we do with a cursed pirate as they change the lyrics on that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So it's a, a play on what do we do with a drunken sailor? Oh, okay. And they change the lyrics and it's the same tune, but it's not, it is the same tune and the same cadence and all that kind of stuff. But then they got children doing it and they got children doing it creepy again. <laughs> you can't get away from it. I guess children sing are now creepy to me. <laughs> if you hear children singing, run because something bad's going to happen. That's the symbolism here. I like to talk about symbols and all this stuff. Children singing. So don't go to any kids' choir. Don't go to any kids' plays. <laughs> That's a place for evil. It's a little creepy. (laughs) It's a little evil, actually. Like I said, children of the corn going on here. So anyways, as I was saying, this whole kind of theme of all pirates must die. And then that's also in Salazar's actions. He says pirates aren't men is what you were saying, essentially. So thousands of men dead. And then Salazar comes back with his reply, not men, pirates. Yeah, they're just not. So they're not even men to him. So he Uh-oh. doesn't even see them as thousands of men dying or if they were pirate because they're pirates. He just doesn't see that. Right. And then we have, as I said, the lady says, the dead have taken command of the sea. And we have like the epitome of dying pirates here. All pirates must die, which I thought was really awesome. A really cool shot. Can you guess what it is? What? That oh. was a good guess. It's the burning Jolly Roger that's falling and floating down from the top oh, of the mast. Oh, yeah. There. That was that and that music. And- yeah. That was the beginning of that trailer with the Johnny Cash song. Yeah, so that's really cool. That was just uh, so awesome and captivating. Yeah, to see that Jolly Roger just falling and floating down all on fire. And that's just right there. There's your symbolism, all pirates must die. Yeah. And we also have here top-notch special effects, which is not surprising. I just love the idea of these guys running on water. Oh, yeah. Because then then you get that shot from underneath, and you can almost hear the footsteps on the water like they're running on hard ground, which is really cool, I thought. Yeah. And then other things such as like an ocean divide, this kind of just canyon or chasm opens up, and the ship is sailing right on the edge of that. Parting of the seas? 
Yeah, there's a little Moses down there, way down there. <laughs> and he divided that up. And then also plenty of high seas battle sequences that are coming. And I don't know if how many of those are actually going to be in the film versus some dream sequence. Because I know there's definitely some that are this, not dream necessarily, but flashback sequences, yeah. I should call them. So it's hard to say how long they're going to last or what they're going to be. But they do look like there's some spectacular pirate ship action. Well, you have what I call the grand pirate fight. Pirate ship fight. Yeah. Where you have the one ship in the middle, which I think is a Salazar ship, and you've got all these ships all around it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Looks like a good special effect yeah. there. So I'm looking forward to some, definitely some swashbuckler action. And, you know, you don't really get a lot of that. I mean, a little bit in The Curse of the Black Pearl, but that happened more so in the other films. But yeah. this one looks like maybe they take it to the next level with some of that pirate ship fights. Right. And battles. And this movie looks like it's right up your alley with a lot of death and destruction. Death and destruction is always good, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, when you have pirate-hating ghost, I should say. There (laughs) we go. Pirate-hating ghost running around and killing, and that's pretty cool. And when you can summon dead animals to join your your crew, hey, you got a magic power. It's a sweet spot in my black heart. I just love it. (laughs) We also have the humor and tone that's captured in all the other films, I think, that's coming through. We definitely see a colorful Jack Sparrow. And we have things that I really like is the nod to kind of the time period, the jokes on the time period itself. So we have our heroine removing her dress, to which the Turner boy says with glee, actually, as he sees her ankles. You know, I saw her ankles. I saw her ankles kind of thing. And then, which has always been a running joke on our show about, you know, I saw her wrist or these kinds of things. And then Jack Sparrow turns back, you know, if you just shut your yap hole, you would have seen a lot more than that. (laughs) But it's just funny. So I like those kinds of references to old culture and kind of the high society stuff that comes out and comes to play in some of the, well, you know, 18th century funny business, if you will. We have a badass new villain with Javier Bardem. Too Salazar. We kind Salazar. of mentioned we mentioned yeah. Salazar, but Javier I think is going to nail that. Oh yeah. I mean, I really like Barbosa. I think he's been the best. I mean, I've I've always really been partial to Ian McShane as well, but Barbosa he's always just been the best villain to me, just from the beginning. Curse of the Black Pearl, Barbosa he's always been top notch. Yeah. Are you looking at me like who is Ian McShane? I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> She stopped computing anything else and listening. She's just like, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. Blackbeard. Deadwood. I got it. I got it. I figured it out. Swirgin. Did you also see that Salazar was eating an apple in trailer number three? He bites into an apple. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting connection to what we are seeing with Barbosa in The Curse of the Black Pearl. What is going on with apples here? We talked about apple symbolism in our minute by minute show. So if you want to get into that, definitely check out the past few minutes, you know, from say 58 to 60 yeah, or somewhere lost, around there. Yeah. But yeah, an apple's coming back. I'm starting huh. to think that there's going to be like, well, Star Wars has what they call Star Wars minute. They talk about a ring theory and how there's connections and how things kind of pop back up in the different movies. And you know, it's a ring. It's like yeah. a circle. I'm starting to wonder if Pirates of the Caribbean has a ring theory here with some of the stuff. Apple. Yeah. And that an apple would be part of it. Obviously, with a swashbuckler, we need more great cinematography, and I think that's going to be delivered here as well. But what I am really looking forward to is not just the spectacular locations. It's more underwater shots. I always love the underwater shots in Curse of the Black Pearl. They've always been just filled with color, the blues. it's just They're just amazing, and we are seeing some of that again already. Yeah. So I think that's going to be really cool. Speaking of ring theory again... The sharks, we see the sharks, but this time we see the hammerhead sharks in the Curse of the Black Pearl. Yes. We're seeing other sharks, maybe great whites or tiger sharks or something here. I have to look more closely in Dead Men Tell No Tales. We really need to start documenting this once we get into the other movies. We're only in Curse of the Black Pearl, so we can't really develop this out until yeah. we really start to get into the other films. But that's a possibility. There's also the Black Pearl in the bottle. So after Blackbeard's death in On Stranger Tides... Jack regains the pearl, the black pearl, which was been encased in a bottle, and Gibbs fills a large bag with the bottles of all the other fallen ships from Queen Anne's Revenge. After Blackbeard's death, Jack regains the black pearl, which has been encased in a bottle, and that was done by Blackbeard. And so Gibbs fills a large bag with the bottles of other fallen ships from Queen Anne's Revenge. And this is a continuation of the storyline on On Stranger Tide. So we'll finally find out, is Jack able to free his ship from the bottle or any of these other ships? 
crew on there? I got the idea that his crew was on there. Yeah, they make it look like the when they're doing a shot of the bottle, you can see the Black Pearl. That yeah. They're, the way that they cut that, it looks like Gibbs and some of the other crew are actually on that ship in Cause there. Because he says, where's your, your ship and your crew, or the mm-hmm. Pearl and your crew. Exactly. But that's what they make it look like. Like I said... Gibbs fills a large bag of bottles right. with the fallen ship. So, so I don't know what's going on there. If they just clipped it weird to make you think that everybody's in there. Yeah. I'd have to actually maybe go review on Stranger Tides. We should probably, before Dead Men Tell No Tales comes out, go run through them all. Run through them all again just to make sure we're caught yeah. up and up to speed on that. We've been so focused on Curse of the Black Pearl that, yeah, trying to remember what's happening in some of those yeah. other films becomes a blur. Carrying on the theme that we've seen in at least Curse of the Black Pearl and the other movies... We're potentially going to get a whole new slew of catchphrases and classic Jack Sparrow quotes, which is going to be cool. Yes. One of those that caught my eye is when he's running through the streets there from whatever town. Like I said, we're not going to spoil all this stuff. Is that this lady, Karina, I think her name is. So we'll just give you, okay, Karina. Says, I'm not looking for trouble. And he replies, what a horrible way to live. Yeah. So I just see all of these kind of being popular memes and things that pop up on the internet you know these kinds of sayings with his picture on it and we're going to be quoting these forever because yeah who doesn't want to live without looking for a little trouble exactly. so i always always in the show with and keep the horn swoggling to a minimum there you go i think they've listened to me they're obviously listening to the show yep even though this was hey there's no need to talk <laughs> timelines here <laughs> they can make a movie pretty quickly considering uh-huh. we started in january I thought it was interesting, too, is that this Karina is another woman who does not believe in ghosts. Yeah, at right? First. Yeah, it really is interesting. And again, maybe the ring theory. So maybe we are going to have to develop a ring theory like Star Wars Minute. Star Wars Minute. Go listen to Pete, the retailer, and Alex Robinson. But we have a woman who is the key to helping win the day. What we saw, because that was actually the Turner boy says, Karina's the one who can help us with this. So like we saw in The Curse of the Black Pearl... There's a woman who's neat, that they need to find who can help them. She's also a woman of science and chooses not to believe in ghosts. But, you know, sorry, Karina. You best start believing in ghost stories because you're in one. <laughs> so they're kind of setting up some of the same yeah. stuff that maybe we've seen. Maybe Barbosa will tell her that. Oh, it's possible. If we could get some of those same lines coming back, some of those same famous lines. There's a Salazar that will tell her that. I don't know. Maybe it's Jack Sparrow. Because you do see... Turner there, when she says that, he's like, have you looked behind us when those ghosts are running at him on the water? It's also interesting to note that the trailer, at least one of the trailers, says this is the beginning of the end. You know, basically, it's the last adventure begins, you know. And so I'm taking it as maybe the last adventure begins for Jack Sparrow. So I'm guessing that if this movie goes well, then we will get a sixth installment and a transition, maybe we'll transition Jack Sparrow out for a new generation, possibly. No way. I don't know. You know, I haven't really done too much looking into a number six yet and what's out there, but there is an IMDb page holder for the sixth untitled film. And the trivia on that IMDb page, and take this with a grain of salt, indicates that Johnny Depp is already signed to the film without even seeing the script. And it indicated that it will most likely be the last in the franchise, but it's always possible to change this, as I said, if it does really well. If it makes a billion or more dollars, then we're going to see that. So Curse of the Black Pearl made $654 million. Dead Man's Chest was $1.066 billion. At World's End was $963 million. On Stranger Tides was $1.045 billion. So if this crosses the billion-dollar threshold, it'll be interesting to see if they cut it off or how they transition that out. Well, Johnny said that he'll play Jack Sparrow as long as the movies are profitable. Yeah, he did say that and that people want to see them. Yeah. So that was something he was quoted saying. So, like I said, this is always subject to change depending on money's going to be the driving factor here, or I should say revenues. And IMDb also said that it would be a 2019 or 2020 release, and then they would do a six in the series. I also found an article talking about Michelle Keegan, and she's a UK actress, and it said she would star in the following six parts of the Caribbean film if she accepts the role. So, it looks like they are moving forward with a script and they're going to probably do some of the stuff to maybe see how well that this actually does. Yeah. And then push forward with it. I mean, if this really tanked, then they might pull the plug on it. But I don't there's see. so much, there's just so much like energy around it. Yeah. That I can't believe that it would just not happen. So it really does appear things are moving forward for another installment, which will definitely keep us busy breaking these movies down, considering we aren't even midway through Curse of the Black Pearl yet. <laughs> 
It reminds me of that joke in Spaceballs where they're announcing Rocky 5,000. <laughs> so I could just see us being here for decades. We could be here forever talking about Pirates of the Caribbean and Swashbuckler films. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yes. And I know, I'm sorry, I probably just scared the crap out of everyone and brought the weekend to a crashing halt by telling you that. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be there in your houses, on the go with you, listening to Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. I wanted to go back to, I'm not sure what trailer it was, but Jack is talking to Turner, well, uh, the young Turner uh-huh. guy, and he's kind of standing there with no pants on, Yeah. and the kid's asking him questions, and all of a sudden you hear Jack snoring. Yeah, where he's sleeping, yeah. Yeah, and then he wakes up and he says something, I don't, I don't recall what he said. It gave me a Mad Hatter moment. Oh, really? The way, the look on his face and what he said, it was just a complete Mad Hatter type So comment. that's our second Alice in Wonderland Johnny Depp reference yeah. for the day. Yeah, so it was just, it was just the way he looked and the, the comment was very Mad Hatter-like. Well, I think you know, he plays those characters fairly similar. Yeah. I mean, maybe not exact and there's some differences, but they're both over-the-top characters. And I think we talked about them being... Well, there's a connection between those characters yeah. in previous episodes, so I could definitely see that. Yeah. It started pre-production in 2011. Get out of town. Wow. Yeah. That and was they, like script development probably and ideas and story, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That started with Terry Rossio and then for writing a script for the film. And in early 2013, Jeff Nathanson was hired to write the new script with Jet being involved in Nathanson's writing process. It was initially planned to be released in 2015. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, but then it was pushed back to 2016 and then 2017 due to script and budget issues. Principal photography started in October. I wonder what budget issues, though. I mean, the last one made a billion, over a billion dollars. So what happened there? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Were they fighting over the budget or just making sure yeah. that they were going to go forward with that? I don't huh. Yeah. Principal photography started in Australia in February 2015 after the Australian government offered Disney $20 million in tax incentives. Oh, geez. So. Yeah, the tax incentives are a big thing for drawing film locations there. But you got to imagine how much revenue that brings to a place when you come to a location to film because you hire a lot of local businesses to do the work and people. Yeah. People stay in all the hotels and the restaurant. It, it just really brings, it's like a nice boon to the economy there. So there's yeah. definitely some incentives that they do. So this um, production wasn't as long as Curse of the Black Pearl. That whole thing was just this huge, long, drawn out huh. years and years, 10 years in the making. Wow. But so it's not as long as that, but still quite a while. Yeah, that is a long time to get the, well, you know, yeah, it is a long, I should say, it is a long time to get. A film from kind of idea and script to actual production and coming out to the theater, especially something that has been an established billion dollar franchise. When I say that, that's billion dollars for practically each of those movies. So a four billion dollar franchise, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange that they held off for so long because there are pitfalls to keeping a movie, one that was popular, and not coming out with it in a decent time span because then. People go away, they change attitudes and reflect on it. But maybe they were holding off for technology as well to see what was actually going to come up. Maybe. I mean, On Stranger Times came out in 2011. That's right. And that's when they started the pre-production on this one. Yeah, so they started things like, hey, this one made over a billion dollars. Let's start rolling on the process. But it just pulled up with ago. red tape and things. Yeah. Yeah, because there is a danger in doing that because fans and audiences can go away. But it seems from what I've seen out in the the internet world that there is a lot of buzz about it. Right. Like the Harry Potter, you know, they came out yearly. That's right. Star Wars is pretty much coming out yearly now. It will be, yeah. Yeah. And But, this but one, Star Wars has a staying power like no other well, movie yeah. in the entire world. Yeah. You have a fan-driven base there that kept that thing alive no matter what. Right. But the difference between, you know, the Black Pearl and Deadman's Chess with three years. You would be it'd be more interesting. It's gonna be more comparable to Avatar because Avatar when that was released, what geez, two thousand nine? Somewhere around there? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten, two thousand nine ish maybe. They're just gonna be they're gonna be coming out, we're gonna be talking about on our minute, Zoe Saldana, as she makes an appearance in 
our Curse of the Black Pearl minute uh-huh. episodes coming up this week. She is starring because she's a one of the Navi people. She's going to be starring in Avatar, say two and three, and so these are going to be coming out, you know, within the next few years. Okay, look at that span of time. You know, is is it going to still be as popular as it was? Because Avatar, we're not going to get into an Avatar discussion here, but it made a lot of technological leaps and things. But now a lot of movies are doing that. And right. Is, it, is that going to hold up? Is the story going to hold up? And what are they going to do with that? That's that's the thing. Yeah. Are people still interested in Avatar? Which probably, I don't know. I guess we'll find out when the buzz starts actually happening. But they've been teasing Avatar sequels forever. Right. But I guess it's the same thing with Jurassic Park. You had the three and then it took years to get the, the Jurassic World yeah. out. So it's the same thing. Yeah. And they kind of rebooted that too. Yeah. Is a, in a way. So, yeah, it is interesting. It is. Yeah. It, it is fairly similar to that. Yeah. So, I had one more thing I wanted to say. You're going to tell us or you're going to announce it? I'm going to announce us? it because I like to announce. Yeah. Why do you like to announce that you're going to announce? I don't know. I even, I'm going to announce that I'm going to announce this. Okay, go. I do. Just ah! Salazar's ship is a Silent Mary. Yeah. It's a 96 Canyon ship. It's known to be the most fierce pirate hunting ship of her time. Wow. Yeah. So just a little bit of information on Oh, now you just ruined the movie for everybody. How's that ruining anything? I don't know. I just wanted to say that you spoiled it for everybody. I was trying to be very careful, actually. Because we get a little more, we look up a little more information than you want to disclose. Yeah, we don't want to just, like I said, we're just kind of talking about our feelings on the trailers. We don't want to just give all the spoilers and all the details. A, that we'll talk about that when we do a review of the movie, when we actually see that. But, you know, we want to save some of that fun when you go to the movie and then you can find out people's names and that kind of stuff. So that's why we're not dropping everybody's names and doing all those things because right. it's part of the fun of going there and exploring and hearing some of the names for the first time and seeing some of the characters for the first time. But or you- seeing them in the trailers. You go, hey, I saw that person in the trailer. Now we have a name. Now we know what they're doing or why they're crazy bald ladies that are with tattoos across their faces <laughs> and saying the dead have taken over the sea. Are you trying to eliminate people? I am. <laughs> I figured they wouldn't tell you how many cannons and stuff. The no, they're not going to do that. So now you have that That's information. That's the technical information for sure. <laughs> well, obviously it was a feared pirate ship if they decimated pirates. Maybe that's the whole premise for pirates going away. As we said, Norrington in The Curse of the Black Pearl was out there trying to rid the entire world of pirates. Right. So again, a ring theory happening here. Yes. Norrington is the pirate hunter and trying to get rid of all the pirates in the Caribbean. We have Salazar, who was kind of his predecessor that was trying to get rid of pirates in the Caribbean. Yes. When we find out that nobody can get rid of pirates in the Caribbean. Or pirates of the Caribbean. Either way, nobody can get rid of them. (laughs) Except time. (laughs) Ironically. Unless they keep new ones start. I meant in real life, but you missed that. That was just a, a reference to real life. Dang it, woman. We don't talk real life here. That's true. So I just wanted to say this looks, I can't wait to see this movie. You're going to announce it again. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait to see this movie because it looks very exciting. And it's a great action movie you can see from the trailers. Yeah, my takeaway is a yes as well. Just like what you were saying. We're, I mean, we're going to see some recurring things in this movie, many of which we talked about. It's the ideas of what worked in past films brought to the theater six years later. It's an argument that has been made against even Force Awakens, and depending on where things go with Dead Men Tell No Tales, you know, I wonder if we're going to hear that same stuff with Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, it's just a rehash of the other movies, or one of these kinds of things. Yeah. And I say, shut your mouth, you blimey bildrats, because <laughs> I think it's important to realize that these are all swashbuckler films. They're adventure movies to entertain, and we get some expanded information to the masses who haven't read the expanded universe stories about Jack, so we get to dive into some of these characters that we yeah. don't usually see. may just be a smidgen, as I said, but we will see a young Jack Sparrow. could be interesting. We do see he's a smug, brash little bastard, it appears. <laughs> but in the end... And much like with The Curse of the Black Pearl, it's not a documentary of pirates. It's not supposed to necessarily be so different because this is all taking place in one universe. This is the Pirates of the Caribbean universe. Yeah, There's certain rules. There's certain things that happen there. You can have different stories, but it's the whole tie-in of pirates and supernatural. That's what has made the success of this franchise. Well, it's it's story of Jack Sparrow. Yeah, that's right. It's his life. The whole thing. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. It's his life and it's exciting. And this is going to be the opportunity, I think, to have the 2017 pirate movie that we want or we wanted. It's tall ship battles, sword fights, good music, humor, supernatural elements. Like I said, Jack Sparrow, Hector Barbosa, and just plain old good high seas adventure fun and a good time. Yep. So I'm going to go into the movie with expectations of enjoying myself and we can make judgments after seeing the movie. And when we actually get to breaking down that movie one blimey minute at a time at some point in the near (laughs) decade. (laughs) So that's how I'm going to take it. I'm just going to go in with looking at this as just a cool, fun experience. Right. And to see some where's special effects gone now. What's the latest in special effects technology? Because as we've talked about Curse of the Black Pearl and then even Dead Men's Chest, which we haven't gotten to yet have leaps in digital technology and special effects or visual effects technology. And maybe we'll see some of that here, and it'll be fun to break that down when we do minute by minute eventually. Right. It'll be interesting to compare it to Curse of the Black Pearl, which is 14 years later. Yeah, that is going to be crazy to actually see that. Yeah. We'll see how well some of that holds up in comparison. We'll be able to do some side by side. Yeah. So yeah, I'm taking it with an open heart and just going to go in and enjoy myself and then maybe on the second viewing of it because we'll have to do two viewings to bring an accurate breakdown here or something then maybe we can get a little bit more critical but the first time you got to go in and enjoy yourself and not go in there with that crazy eye of oh i've seen this before this is idiotic go in there and have a fun it's a swashbuckler it's a pirate movie we don't normally walk into movies that way anyway that's true we don't not especially if we're paying for them (laughs) yeah we delude ourselves oh no this is a good movie as we go why did we spend that money no so that's what i'm saying so that's all i got that's all i have we're all waiting now for may 26th yes and then we'll be out there we're gonna do trying well we'll see we'll try and get some man on the pirate on the street fan interviews and stuff just reactions when people come out of theater and we'll bring that to everybody but until then we'll be back tomorrow on monday actually not we'll wake it up no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> if we don't get any Pirate on the Street interviews, Heather said we'll just make it up, and that's true. Or ask friends and family. Yeah, we'll just, <laughs> you'll just go, God, that sounds a lot like Scott. Oh, I really like the movie. <laughs> no. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 62 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. And don't forget, dead men tell no tales. The dead have taken command of the sea. What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy! Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket! Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best-of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.